Thank you for tuning in to the World Overcomers podcast. On behalf of our senior pastor, Andy Thompson, we appreciate your continued support and generosity. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast to receive updates when we post new content every week. If you would like more information or want to make a contribution to World Overcomers or Pastor Andy, visit www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast. Once again, that is www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast. Enjoy the message. Together. Amen. We all said together. Amen. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. Noah, the Ark of the Covenant. If I could draw your attention to verse number 13 of Hebrews chapter 4 that says, Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered. Everything is laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Do you have a bathroom scale? You have a bathroom scale in the room? Can you just wait? If you have a bathroom scale online, can you just make a comment? I have a bathroom scale. Do you have a bathroom scale? Can I just see one more time? Yes, I have a, okay, thank you, hallelujah. Do you stand on your bathroom scale? I have a bathroom scale, but I don't stand on it as often as is probably needed or required. I have a bathroom scale. It's pretty nice. I paid some money for my bathroom scale, but I really don't like my bathroom scale. It's a horrible device that has a tendency to tell me a truth that I don't really want to hear. Do you get out of the shower and immediately cover yourself with a towel or a robe, even when you're by yourself? Do you just stand naked in the mirror and take a look at what God has done and what Oreos have done for you. Do you know your blood pressure? Have you gotten your colon checked? Oh, God, help us, Holy Ghost. Do you know what your prostate situation is, gentlemen? Have you gotten your mammogram? How much money do you actually have? Do you owe more than you make? Do you need your check? Oh, come on now. When the check comes out, are you looking to see? Are you hoping that they'll deposit it on Friday and not Monday? Even though technically Monday is the first, but since the weekend is the 31st, and are you believing that the direct deposit will go in on Friday and not Monday? Do you need your money? When will you really be able to retire? Does your spouse actually love you? Are they there because they want to be there or because they have to be there? Is there actually favor on your life? Can you give account? These are hard questions. 
questions that we don't really like to think about. We don't really like to make plans for when we will die. Recently sat down and having conversations with the financial advisor and we had to talk about what's going to happen when I'm not here anymore. Where's my stuff going to go? We live in a world in which if the questions are too hard, we just like to ignore them. We have a bathroom scale, but we don't want to step on it. When we're about to step on it, we're touching the wall. We're holding on to the counter. We take everything off, our shoes, our jackets, our earrings. We try to get somebody to hold our hair so that we can have the lowest number possible because there's something about answering and accountability that messes with our peace. One of the challenges of being in a relationship with God, I'm amazed that I have a relationship with him and I'm so glad that I do. And I love the Lord. And I praise the Lord. And I honor God. And I come and give him glory. And I give him credit. And a part of the reason why is not just because he's worthy, because we said he's worthy. But he's worthy because God sees everything. God hears everything. Think about that for just a second. You can hide from your bathroom scale, but you can't hide from God. You can hide from your bank account, but you can't hide from God. You can hide from when you're going to die, but you can't hide from God. You can hide from whether or not you have a retirement plan, but you can't hide from God. You can hide from whether or not folk really like you or not, or whether it's them, but you cannot hide from God. God sees everything. God hears everything. And this is why I love the Lord. Because the Lord sees everything, hears everything, knows everything about me, and still loves me. Somebody give God praise for that. I might love you and I don't know nothing about you. And if you come to service faithfully and sit in the same seat and nod your head at me a couple of times, I'll think you're great. And if you give, I'll really love you. But I don't really know you. God knows what you think. God knows what you said yesterday. God knows your thoughts are far off. And still, he loves you. Anybody just glad for the grace of God and the mercy of God and the love of God. His grace is sufficient. He sees everything. He hears everything. He knows everything. And we have to give an account. All of creation is laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom 
We must give an account. I know we don't preach this a whole lot anymore, Pastor Al. I know we don't talk a lot about accounting. We only want to talk about a God that likes us all the time and thinks we're always great and just wants to bless us no matter what. And thanks be to God that we do have a God that is full of mercy and grace and his grace is sufficient and praise God for that. But we also have to come to grips with the truth and that is that we will all stand before the judgment seat of Christ and give an account of what we did in this body whether it was good or bad I know this is just this is a almost foreign concept in a world in which we want no rules we want no clear definitions what this is a result of beloved is the mistake of overcorrection. did you know that most Accidents are caused by overcorrection. Someone's driving, they stop paying attention. They start to drift into the ditch or into the, the ditch on that side because there's a ditch on either side of the road. They start to drift into the ditch. Very rarely do people have accidents with a ditch. Most of the time what happens is people become aware of the ditch and overcorrect into an accident with somebody else. We are constantly looking at the overcorrection. There was a time in our country, in our Christian world, where principles were more important than people. Many of us who were raised in church and particularly raised in any kind of a holiness or any kind of strict religious kind of thought pattern, we were raised with the idea of the principle trumping the person. Sorry. The principle being more important than the person. The minute you walked into church, they pinned something on the top of your head because your head had to be covered. That's just the way some of us were raised. And so principles were more important than people. It didn't matter what you felt or what was going on with you. You were sacrificed on the altar of a principle. And so much of what we see today when I read the papers, when I look at the world, when I see our current perspective, even on something like gender, we have to realize that we have a tendency to constantly overcorrect. We become oppressive with our determination to define and our ever our overcorrection is to be so loose in definition that there is none. We become so dominated by one concept that we go to the whole other extreme and there is destruction that happens as a result of the overcorrection. What I'm saying to you this morning, beloved, and I'm going to get to my point, is that God sees and knows 
Now, many of us, myself included, were taught such a tough God that it drove many of us away from God because we were taught more the principles of God and the laws of God than we were taught the love of God and the mercy of God and the compassion of God. I admit that was a mistake, but it is equally a mistake to overcorrect now to a God who has no opinion about how we live or what we do. We can't go from everything's wrong to nothing is wrong. We have to find the balance. Which leads us to Noah. Noah is a tough character. Noah is a very interesting character. And I've been trying to do this Sunday school stuff and trying to deal with the different individual characters that we learned about in Sunday school. And here we are almost in August, and I barely am through. He even I ain't even got to Abraham yet. I was stuck on God and then Adam and Eve and then Cain and Abel. And now we're getting to the first real major character outside of of those guys and that's Noah but I've never really preached on Noah before one of the reasons why I haven't preached on Noah a lot is because the Noah story is a tough story the Noah story is the bathroom scale the Noah story is an awakening about how God sees everything, hears everything, and has an opinion about everything that we might not like. But next to Jesus, you can make an argument that Noah is one of the most famous ancient characters. There are multiple chapters about him in Genesis. And what's more is almost every major culture and almost every major religious culture has a flood story in it. But I admit that the Noah story is a tough story. The Noah story is an interesting story because the introduction of Noah's story is that the world is a mess. The world is a mess. The world is not in a good place. I'm just going to say some of this stuff and just let us all just see how much the Bible still applies. The world is in a messy place. Violence is everywhere. And God is in a, in a situation in which he's looking at the world and the world is not how he likes it to be. And Noah is the only one. The Bible actually tells us that Noah preaches for 120 years and gets into the ark by himself. He is the least effective preacher of all time. Noah 
is the only one who finds favor with God. And my initial question in our examination of Noah and the application of Noah to ourselves and our relationship with God is, can you be the only one? What happens when it's just you? What happens when you see something everybody else don't see? What happens when you have a knowledge and you have a perspective and you hear God and God is saying something to you that is not in line with your generation's current world view? Back, back, back in the day, they used to tell you, dare to be different. But in today's world, can you be the only one? And what happens when you by yourself? I would contend, COVID isolated us. And we found a whole lot about ourselves through the COVID pandemic. We found out our marriages were not as good as we thought they were. I got to leave that alone. We found out that we weren't as sane. We found out that we weren't really free from alcohol and drugs. I don't know about you, but I, if I see another beautiful ABC liquor store go up around here, I don't know what I'm going to do. We got to build this building, beloved, so, just so we can keep in competition with the ABC liquor stores. That's what they have here in North Carolina, the ABC liquor stores. The ABC liquor stores are a beautiful edifice. Not like the liquor stores I grew up uh, 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 being around back back in the city. Where I grew up, the liquor stores, you was between, there was a thick layer of glass and, and you had to speak through an intercom and the person that was in there was half drunk and, and sleep all the time and, and they were sipping while they were selling. Now, when you go into a liquor store, not that I know, not that I know, but when you go into a liquor store, everyone's so bright and clean and freshly showered and so wonderful and they have pensions because the ABC liquor store is a booming business and why are they building more liquor stores because COVID taught us that we need a drink <laughs> thought we were delivered till COVID we got isolated and we found out something about ourselves that being alone is harder than we thought can you be alone? Can you be the only one? Can you be by yourself? The world's a mess. Situation's messed up. The world is full of violence. God is looking at the earth and is bothered by the violence that dominates the planet. And he decides to send something on the earth to kill everybody. It's a hard story. And our hope <laughs> and our time in this moment and the blessing for us and the, the lesson is 
Noah. And for us to ask ourselves, God knows I'm asking it, what made Noah so special? What do you do when the world is in a state that you can impact? Bible says that Noah found favor in the eyes of God. What made Noah so special? What is it that quantified for favor? Are y'all with me? Have I lost you? Anybody want favor on their life? Anybody aware enough to say, wow, this is jacked up. Wow, gas prices are crazy. Wow, folk are gaining. Wow, they're talking inflation. Wow, they're talking about incentive. Wow, look at the state of this world. Look at the state of this country. Look at the state of the planet. Look at what's going on when it comes to the environment. It is hotter than ever. And so, what am I going to do? Well, I don't know about what you do, but a part of the way I know that I'm going to be okay is because I have decided, along with being responsible, that I am going to find favor with God. Isn't that why you're in church? Isn't that why you're here? I know you're not here because I'm cute. I know you're not here because we sing good. You've got to be here. You've got to be tuning in because you're thinking to yourself, no, something's going to have to happen. No, i got to get me a prayer through. No, i got to, I got to raise my hands. i got to open up my mouth. i got to talk to the Lord. I need him to tell me something. What made Noah so special? Well, I'll answer your question. Number one, it says Noah was a righteous man. We'll throw that word righteous on the screens for you. Righteous. What does it mean to be righteous? Righteous. Actually, I know I, I, I want to take the moment to talk about righteousness because we have a tendency to define righteousness within a generational cultural understanding of righteousness. We ask a man to tell us what is righteous instead of asking God to tell us what is righteous. Happens to me all the time. People want to come and lay something to me and then they want me to tell them whether they're right or wrong or not. And my answer a lot of times is, you wouldn't be asking me if the Lord wasn't bothering you about it. Because being righteous is not about rules. Being righteous means that you're in right standing with God. Righteousness is, I'm in right standing with God. <laughs> Righteousness is, God is cool with me. That's righteousness. God like me. He just likes me. Something about me, God likes. There's a favor God has on my life. I have made mistakes. 
and God is still with me. I wish I, I have done the wrong thing, and God is still with me. I haven't always said the right stuff, and you know what? God is still here. As a matter of fact, if I'm honest, God was talking to me before I even started going to church, before I even knew all of this stuff. There was something that was telling me, and I've just, I don't know what it is. I can't really explain it, but I just have found myself in right standing with God. We all ought to understand this because all of us have someone that is in right standing with us regardless of them. Do I need to say that again? Everybody in here got somebody in our life that other people don't like that we just like. Well, I need a witness in the building. Every one of us in here got somebody that we just, I, it, you don't like them, but they cool with me. They will get around some of your other people, and your other people will be like, how can you, how can you be with them? How, how can you hang with them? And you will be like, really? You don't like them? I just like them. I hook them up. I do stuff for them. I am on this. I, they're just my friend. We go back. See, I want a friendship with God like that. I, I need a witness in the building. I want God to be my friend and hook me up. Anybody in here aware of the word hookup? A hookup is when you got a friend on the other side that you could nod to. I'm talking about a hookup. Talking about somebody slipping you something that you really shouldn't have. I'm, I'm talking about a hookup. Y'all don't know. I'm talking about somebody just like me. I, I'm talking about a hookup. I'm saying that to be in right standing with God, whether we go from Old Testament or New Testament, I can give you the secret to being in right standing with God. Ready? Here it is. It's really easy. You just believe God. I'm going to put that on the screens. You just believe God. God. People think you crazy, but you just believe God. It looks like it's about to fall apart, but you just believe God. It looks like all hell is breaking loose, but you just believe God. It looks like you're down to your last dime, but you know what? You just believe God. You just have God as your answer to everything. How's that going to turn around? Well, God's going to make a way for me. Hey, God is going to open up a door for me. Hey, God is about to get me this, and when you talk, you give God credit for everything. Well, the Lord is the one who told me to go down there. And I applied. And you know what God did for me? God made a way for me. I, I would contend that God liked people that just believe in him. God likes people who believe he will show up. At the last minute, my God. God likes people who walk around saying he may not come when you want him, but he's always right on time. God likes people, hear me, hear me. God likes people that tell everybody.
everybody what God's going to do. And then when God don't do it, they come and tell him, well, God got another plan for me. God, God likes people who just believe in him even if he hurts their feelings. Even though he slays them, yet will he trust. You hear what I'm saying? God likes Job type people. God likes people that says, I will still believe him no matter what. God likes Nebuchadnezzar. God likes Nebuchadnezzar challenged people. God likes Shadrach, Meshach, and a bad Negro. God likes people that say the God I serve is able to deliver me, and he will deliver me. But you know what? I have decided just on GP that my relationship with God is not based on the circumstance. I don't know who I'm talking My relationship with God, even if he does not rescue me, I'm not bowing. I love the Lord. And if loving him is wrong, I don't want to be right. I wish I had a church somebody in here. I have decided God is my guy. And come hell or high water, no matter what happens, you're not going to get me to stop trusting him. It's so sweet to trust him. Just to take him at his word. Just, just to rest. Just to know. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust you. I don't care what it look like. God going to make a way for me. I speak that. I don't care how it looks. God, I want you to know. I'm just telling you. I've been walking with God for over 50 years. Let me tell you something. There's something that God just like about that. God, God like that. You know how you know God likes that? Because you like that. If this message has blessed or encouraged you, feel free to visit www.worldovercomers.church podcast and learn more about WOCC or donate to the ministry. This enables us to continue to impact the kingdom in the best way possible. Let somebody just believe you can do anything. Let somebody just always have your... Let somebody just think you're great. You might meet somebody that you don't like, but if they start telling you how great you are and how awesome you are and how wonderful you are, you know what? You'll start liking them. Something kind of wonderful about somebody that thinks you're great. So the first thing that makes Noah special when the Bible says Noah found favor in the eyes of God, one of the things because he's righteous, one of that means is that Noah is just one of these people who walks around thinking God can do anything. Do I have anybody in the room like that? I have anybody watching around the world that says, oh, no, no, God can do anything but fail. No, God can make a way where there seems to be no way. No, God can do something. I, I mean, I want to be careful to say what he can't do because he'll show, he'll show up and do just what I said. I want to be careful. I need to be careful about what I say because God will answer my prayer and I barely prayed it. Anybody got a God like that? Where you start doing the math and you be like, you know what? I just barely said something to God about that. And look at what the Lord has done. I got a testimony like that. Can I give it to you really quickly? I have a son. I have three sons. Two of my sons 
are wonderful guys that have finally gotten it together. Hallelujah. But it was rough. Can't say nothing to me. I'm telling you my truth. Two of my sons, they're awesome. Right now, they're doing amazing. They're awesome. They're doing great. But they taught me grace. Anybody have a child that taught you grace? Like you didn't realize how sufficient your grace was until they taught you that nothing can separate them from your love? Two of my sons is, are like that. One of my sons is just... just the greatest, always just been great and always just been awesome and always, always just done the right thing. And so I gave a car to him that the other two dudes drove. They got their license first. They drove this car, and they did all kinds of stuff to this car. They did stuff inside the car that affected the smell of the car. I'll just leave it at that. And they, there's a certain something that they burned inside the car that made the car smell away. Oh, I wish I had a witness in the building. See, there's this thing that people like to smoke. Y'all don't know nothing about this because y'all are church people, but it's from the earth, and God put it here for them. All right, well, they made that car smell like that. Now, they're great. They're different. They're on their way. There's college. They're doing great right now, but they had a rough week. I mean, a rough period there, and they jacked up this car. Now, here's this boy, never done none of that, and that's the car I gave him. I, I took it to the place, clean it, wash it on the inside. I said, wash it, clean it out, and I just hoped that they clean it out, and I gave him the car, and him being the dude he is, he's just driving it. Amen. Then I opened up, I went by one day, and I opened up the car, stuck my head in there, and it still looked all beat up, and it still smelled all beat up, and it just was that way. And I just, on the happenstance, said to God, it's just a shame that I've given this dude this car. He's the one that didn't do. He's the one that has been walking. He's the one that's been acting right. He's the one that's been talking right. He's the one that has done his work, and he's the one that's not no trouble. And how he going to get the leftovers of the two boys, and they done finally got it together, but it's just not right. And I, I said, Lord, I tell you, if I just, and I thought to myself, what is this car worth? And can I even get what it's worth now? because it's just now the state of it and it, I mean it, it I just don't know and if I I just said to God if I had an extra 10,000 I said Lord if I just had an extra 10 I had an extra 11,000 I would take that Lord I promise you and I get this kid a new car and instead of giving him this leftover car but God you understand and I there's nothing I could do I got stuff going on and we building this building and it is what it is about two days later that car had an electrical issue and caught on fire in my driveway. A fuse went and we woke up in the morning and that car was on fire. The car burnt up so bad that you couldn't tell what the state of the inside of the car was. This is my testimony. The car got so bad.
car. They couldn't even tell that the car wasn't in mint condition. And they ended up giving me mint condition for a used car that was not in mint condition. Do you want to know how much money they gave me for that hoopty? They gave me $11,000. Just like I said. I'm telling somebody, you got to be careful when I start talking to my God. i got to be careful what I say to him. I was praying and I didn't even know I was praying. I was making a request and I didn't even know. You don't have to come to church to pray. Anybody believe they got a relationship with God like that? Where I just whisper something to God and God just hears me and says, let me show you what kind of God I am just because I'm God like that. Okay, sit down. That's righteous. Now, I know, I know, because the firemen came, put it out, they did the test, they did the thing, they did. I didn't light that car on fire. Because <laughs> I know right now somebody, mm, Pastor Andy Gangster, Pastor Andy, you know he's from Boston, right? You know he's from Boston. <laughs> oh, God lit it on fire. What I'm telling you is they did the examination. Insurance adjustments came. They, they read the report of the fireman and they said, yeah, spontaneously, this car caught on fire and burnt up to nothing. Now, someone may say, well, it's just coincidence. But you know what I say? I say, God heard my prayer. I say, the God I serve, love me like that. That's just in right standing. Number two, number two. Oh, Lord, I'm over time. Number two. It says, not only was he righteous, but he was blameless among the people. So it's in right standing with God. This is what made him righteous. This is what made him favor with God. Number one, he just believed God. He just... He just believed God. I almost can't get off the point. He just believed God. He just thought God could do anything. And God just do anything for him. And he was just like that. And everything made him give God glory and praise. But number two, it says, he was blameless among the people, meaning that he was in right standing with people. It means that he just was determined to be somebody where... You don't do people wrong. Now, I know when you are a people done wrong by people, there is a temptation to do wrong to people who have done wrong to you. I don't know who I'm talking to. There is a temptation to take it into your own hands. But even though the Bible says vengeance is mine, but there is a temptation. But can I just, just caution you and let you know, ain't nobody getting away with nothing. Matter of fact, 
The worst thing you can do for somebody is leave them in God's hands. Because when you do something to somebody, there's a limit on what you can do to them. But if you just say, well, Lord, just bless them, well, Lord, just, and leave them in God's hands, you'll find vindication will happen to you. And do you know what vindication really is? Vindication is not that your enemies are dead. No, no, no. Vindication is they're still breathing, they're still alive, and they're still kind of around, and God has blessed you so much that they get to see how God blessed you without them. They get to see how God blessed you in spite of them. They get to see that the weapon was formed, but it did not prosper. I need a witness in here right now. They get a chance to see that what they meant to do to you did not work. Can I get a witness in here? If you're honest, you'll admit they tried to hurt you and God made it so what they meant to do didn't hurt you. And you're asking God to kill them, but God ain't going to kill them. He's going to let them live and watch you be blessed. Oh, I speak that over the room right now and over myself. So you just don't do people wrong. Bible says that Noah was blameless in the sight of the people. That meant that as far as he was concerned, he didn't do people wrong. He just didn't do people wrong. Just not something he did. He was in right standing with God. If you asked him about a person, if you asked a person about him, they said, yeah, you know, just can't say nothing evil. He didn't step on nobody's neck. He didn't lie, he didn't steal, he didn't kill anybody to get to his stuff he he realized that what God had for him was for him I feel the Holy Ghost in here can I can I just give you all a secret and remind myself can I give you a secret to being blessed of the Lord understand what God has for you is for you well I speak that right now what God has for you is for you can't nobody else get what God has for you. You can't get what God has for somebody else. It don't make no sense being mad or upset about what anybody else got. And it don't make no sense being that upset about anybody trying to take anything. Because if it's really yours, then they can't take it in the first place. And if God really has it for you, then they can't stop you from getting it. Number three, it said that not only was he righteous... Not only was he blameless, but number three, he walked with God faithfully. He walked with God faithfully. He faithfully walked with God. When God looked at him, God said, you are ride or die. Because Anybody that has a friendship with God knows that walking with God faithfully is harder than it sounds. Because if you walk with God, he will lead you through the valley of the shadow of death. And you have to fear no evil because he's with you. If you walk with God, his rod and his staff have to comfort you because you're going to walk through some dark places. You're going to walk through some tough places. You're going to walk through some lonely places. Everywhere God leads you ain't going to be great. 
Walking with God faithfully means that you are walking with him when you don't know where you're going. Because God is not going to explain everything to you. Your mind can't fathom what God is really about to do in your life. And if he told you what you'd have to go through to get to what he has for you, you probably wouldn't have got it. But he knows where he's leading you. Walking with God is hard because he don't always tell you everything. You ever have a little kid say, where are we going? You ever have a little kid say, when are we going to get there? After a while, you're like, we're going where we're going, and we're going to get there when we get there. I am not here to give you an explanation of what I'm about to do. This is grown folk. Remember when there was grown folk stuff and little, okay. And you, remember when there was grown folk business and you were supposed to say, oh, okay. Remember when your life revolved around them and not their life revolved around you? Anybody remember that? Anybody remember when your life had to fit your mama's life? Your mama was not trying to fit her life to your schedule. She hoped she could get you to a practice. Otherwise, you're going to have to walk. Because it was about her, not about you. It's a dangerous world for people, too, to think the world's about them. It's a dangerous world for you to think that God, who's the Alpha and the Omega in the beginning of the end, is going to let his whole plan be dictated by your little hips. God's the Alpha and the Omega. You're 70. You're two to God. God's the Alpha and the Omega. I'm 53. Help us, Holy Ghost. And sometimes I just have to strap myself in my car seat and pick up my sippy cup and just be glad the Lord is taking me where he's taking me. I wish I had a witness. You know what? If I walk with him faithfully, he going to stop. He going to get me a kid's meal. Oh, my Lord. There going to be a toy inside. I am going to have. I've had a wonderful time walking with the Lord. As a matter of fact, I'm not even where I thought I would be. I never would have imagined that I would be here. You have to walk with God faithfully, and you have to hear God clearly, and you hear God specifically. And then number four, and I'm done. The fourth thing that makes Noah special and makes him find favor with God is he builds an ark of the covenant. Now, I know when you saw Noah, the Ark of the Covenant, you thought, Pastor Andy, you got the people mixed up because the one who was dealing with the Ark of the Covenant is Moses. But what I'm saying to you is that God comes to Noah and says, Noah, you know what? You righteous. You blameless with people. And you know what? You're just somebody who's walking faithfully with me, even when you don't really understand everything. Tell you what I want to do. I want to make a covenant with you. I want to make an agreement with you and you're going to build an ark and that ark is going to be covenant. Now right now, beloved, we're living in a world and a time in which things are crazy and uh, we're trying to walk with God and have favor with God and a part of the way that you do that is you build an ark. 
The ark is you have an agreement with God. The ark is that you talk to God, he talks to you. The ark is that you have friendship with God. The ark is that the Lord says, I'm going to do this for you, you do this for me. Let's make an agreement. The ark is that you make a commitment. That's what salvation is because Jesus paid it all. The price is already paid. What salvation is, is you make a commitment of your life to Christ. You surrender your life to the Lordship of Christ and you enter to, into covenant with God. And the covenant with God is that you specifically build something in purpose and on purpose that saves you and your people. Your babies end up getting saved because of the Ark of the Covenant that you build. That what it means to walk in favor with God is that you realize that your job is to build covenant with him. And covenant is an agreement This Bible is full of people who had covenant with God. And as a result of that covenant with God, they were saved from the destruction around them. The favor is connected to the covenant. All this that God does for us What's our response to him? Our response is to believe in the one he has sent. Our response is to walk faithfully with him. Our response is to enter into covenant with him. Agree with him. Fellowship with him. Commitment to him. That ends up being an ark. It ends up being something that saves you from the destruction around you. You know how I know it's true? Because this room and people walking, watching around the world is full of people who your relationship with God saved you. Come on. I need a witness. You can come one time and we'll pray for you and that's awesome. But if you really want to be saved from this destruction, you got to make a commitment to God. You have to cut covenant with God. You have to have a relationship with God. That covenant relationship with God, that commitment to him is what builds this ark. And the ark is the first sign of covenant. The thing that's so amazing about Noah is that he is a covenant keeper with God. And my prayer is that we will have the favor of God on us and that the result of that favor is that we'll make an agreement with God. He'll make commitments to you, you'll make commitments to him, and you'll keep them because that covenant will save your life. Put your hands together if you heard a word from the Lord this morning.
Come on, let's give. Let's give to the work of the kingdom of God. If you need an offering envelope, you can simply raise your hand. One of the gatekeepers will come to you and give you one. And, and right now, you can take a picture of this QR code. And we've been doing this building fund offering, raising money for this Victory Park. And I've talked about it quite a bit. And uh, we're on our way to our home base. And uh, all of these spaces, as wonderful as they've been for the last 10, 15 years, they are lease space. We don't own this space. We've done a lot of work in this space. And, and uh, we've done quite a bit to accommodate the presence of God and us gathering together. And uh, if you're watching live stream around the world, you can give to the work of the kingdom of God. If you need an offering envelope, raise your hand. Gatekeeper will come to you quickly. Or you can just scan that. And it'll lead you just to so many different ways in which you can give to the work of the kingdom of God. We need you to give and uh, invite you to be generous to the work of God's kingdom. We have to realize, beloved, that ultimately this is a tent. This is a tent. We have been in temporary spaces, and this is a tent. And now we are in the process of building the tabernacle, building the actual permanent space. And so this has been all right, and, and, and uh, it's, it's, you know, we've really done this thing up and made it one of the probably second to almost none of some of the best buildings that are in, in this area dedicated to God, and, uh, and it's been wonderful. But there's also a limit to this building, and this space has limited us in a, in a number of significant ways. And, uh, but that's okay, because our time is up. Our lease is just about up. We've got about a year left on this lease, and uh, it's going to take about a year. We're about to break ground. It's going to take about a year, maybe a little bit more. And if the, if the building's not done in a year, then we will, we'll, we'll be meeting in, at Sheraton Imperial, or we'll go set a tent up on the When we get out of here, I, mean, I don't know if anybody in here is in a situation where you're waiting for your lease to be up. I don't know. But when this lease is up, we is out of <laughs> When this lease is up, we out of here. We already starting to pack. <laughs> We are clicking our heels together and saying there's no place like home. And we own land and, uh, and we're about to make a move. We are making a move. And so when you give, I do these second offerings just to help us to continue to be faithful to give to the work of the kingdom of God. And, uh, and so I appreciate your consistency and your faithfulness and, uh, as we give. Come on, let's pray. Lord, thank you for your goodness and your mercy and your grace and your love towards us. Thank you that your grace endures forever. Thank you for morning by, that morning by morning new mercies we see. Thank you for speaking so big to us and in us and through us. Thank you for your word that truly is a lamp unto our feet and a light into our pathway. Thank you that the entrance of your word sheds light. And as we walk in the light, as you're in the light, we have fellowship with one another. Thank you for speaking so big in us today. Thank you for using these lips of clay to communicate your unsearchable riches. Thank you for this offering that we're taking up. Thank you that everything we do is to give you praise and glory and honor. Thank you for everyone in the room. Thank you for everyone that's watching around the world. Bless gift and giver in the name of Jesus. And we'll praise you for what you do, what you say. God, you're worthy in Jesus' name. We all sit together. God bless you as you give. Pastor Tony. Together for that phenomenal word today. Come on, come on, put your hands together. Is anybody going to build an ark of a covenant? Come on, come on, are you going to build an ark? Hallelujah. Listen, we want to thank everybody. If you would, please remain seated while we're still, while they're still passing the buckets. But in line of announcements, again, we want to reiterate 
that out in the lobby, we have connection points for our student ministry. Uh, if you have children, grandchildren, that you want to connect them, whether it's through the student ministry or old kids, we want you to please connect out there. Also, keep in mind that this week on August the 6th, we will have the Stuff the Bus campaign that we want you to join us. Any, any first-time visitors, would you raise your hands so we can acknowledge you today? Hallelujah. Come on, World Over Campus, let's thank them for coming today. We have a gift for you today if you would visit our connection point. And maybe somebody in this room says, hey, I want to make this my permanent home and I want to build covenant with World Overcomers Christian Church. If you would visit our connection point out there in the lobby as well and let them know I want to be a member and we will get you plugged in. Amen? Amen. I want to make sure everything has been collected. Amen. Are you planning on having a blessed week on this week? Amen. Find some areas to build some covenant with God. All right, come on, y'all. Let's stand to our feet. Amen. We're going to be dismissed. Amen. Hallelujah. Are you glad that you came to church today? Amen. 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 It's a good thing that we've been in the presence of the Lord. Come on, let's pray. God, we thank you, Lord, for what was said in this room. We thank you, Lord, for every word of worship. And Lord, most of all, God, we thank you, Lord, for the seed of the word that fell upon good ground on today. God, Lord, we thank you, Lord, that we have been stirred to be like Noah, God, a person that believes you. In the midst of all turmoil, in the midst of all circumstance, God, thank you, Lord, for allow us to walk blameless. Allow us to believe you when we, when you tell us to, to do things that have never been done before, God. So, Lord, we thank you, Lord, as we leave this place, God, we are not just going to let this word, this pastor message, God, we're going to meditate on this word, God. And we're going to look for areas in our lives, God, that we can believe you a little more, that we can trust you just a little bit more. Now, God, as we leave this place... Lord, we don't leave your presence. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you go into our week, God, and you make it the most miraculous, the most faith-filled week that we have ever lived. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that when we gather again in this place again, God, we're going to have testimonies of the miracles and the ways that you have made in the lives of your people. God, we love you. We bless you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen, amen and amen. Fist bump somebody and tell somebody I'm in covenant with God. God bless you. Hopefully you were blessed and encouraged by this message. Visit www.worldovercomers.church/podcast for more information on WOCC and events that are coming up. Maybe we are coming to your area soon. God bless.